expressed on this broadcast of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show are those of the co-host and guest and do not necessarily reflect those of our affiliates. The topics and opinions on today's show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice. Take 12 Radio is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Hallelujah. And now, here's your host, the man, the myth, the legend, the Monty Man. We're all the same. Saved by grace is the name of the game. Turn around, hit the ground. Time to lay your burden down. I should have been a singer. <laughs> I should have been a rock and roll singer. <laughs> you should have. Ow! <laughs> At least you're not barking. We are not affiliated with any particular 12-step program. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. What's it, Medias? Medias? You know that uh, Tyler Perry shows? You ever watch those? What? Do you know? You know what? You know Medias, right? No. no. <laughs> she goes, hello? Hello? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the great reality. Everybody, Nobody in the studio knows what I'm talking about. Uh, and uh, Tony's here. Good morning. Denver's here. Good morning. Marv is here. Howdy. And what the, the person that Tony refers to as her cub, her <laughs> daughter Kylie's here. Hi, Kylie, in the background. Hi. Say it really loud. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Kylie, with an IE. She Pink, made her white, debut. L L I E. Yeah. Yes. So, so welcome <clears> as <throat> as uh, our our guest in the studio today. And uh, if you think we've all lost it by the end of the show, you'd probably be absolutely correct. <laughs> probably. Uh, this week's uh, topic is compassion. Compassion. And so we're going to be talking about the, the importance of having compassion, especially as people in recovery, mm-hmm. because we are surrounded around people that... Have none. In our own, Well, either have none, don't understand it, or have not been treated mm-hmm. with much compassion for much of their life, maybe. Or, or you know shown what I mean? it. Yeah. Or shown it. Yeah. So one of one of the things that I just drives me absolutely wackadoodle is, and I haven't heard it in a long time, but there was a time there in twelve step meeting rooms where, on occasion, somebody would say, "Shut up and sit down." What? Take that cotton out of your ears and stick it in your mouth. That's yeah. old. School. You know, right? Right. And when I'd hear that, usually what I would hear though is somebody would say that somebody said that to them. I didn't hear it too often that somebody actually said that. But oh. I heard people say a lot that people told them that. And I thought, do they really? Did somebody <laughs> really tell you that? Or are you just parroting what somebody else said? I don't know. <laughs> but if you're one of those people that treats people like that, may I just say that's not very compassionate. <laughs> Most of us, when we walk into the rooms of recovery, we've been beat up quite a bit anyway. If not right. by ourselves, by you know plenty of other people. We don't need somebody yelling at us telling us to shut up and sit down. You shut up and sit down. I would have cried. <laughs> I'd been like, no. No, I had a, I, and, and you know this, and, and you may know this. I had a, I had a, somebody threw a rock at my car and told me that they didn't want Jesus freaks in the meetings. I got told that. Oh yeah. But but nobody ever told me to shut up. <laughs> that didn't make it any better though. <laughs> well. Gave me an opportunity to show compassion. Uh, that's for sure. We're going to be talking about compassion today. Um, but one of the things I wanted to let our local listeners know uh, is, uh, if you haven't heard by now, uh, Bruce H., our co-host for seven years, passed away here uh, just a few days ago. And his memorial service is being held uh, Saturday, September 9th at 2 p.m. 
at Grace Bible Fellowship in Tangent. Uh, now, Tangent is just down the road from Albany. It's actually, Grace Bible Fellowship is actually still in the Albany city limits, but the mailing address is Tangent. So it's right on the other side of Agape Family Fellowship, right down by Lynn Benton College, for those of you who... McFarland Road. McFarland, McFarland Road, yes, yes. So 2 p.m. at Grace Bible Fellowship. Google it. I will have to Google, Google it. it. <laughs> um will be Bruce's memorial service, and unfortunately, I will not be there. I'll be in Spokane, Washington, uh, for a convention I'm required to be at for Adult and Teen Challenge. I will be there with Denver Wolfie. Yes, sir. We will both be traveling up there. It's a long journey. That, that, it's a long that is a yeah. journey. It is. And it's, there's nothing to look at. Yeah, well, well the all. gorge. <laughs> the gorge is very beautiful, but once you leave, leave the gorge, the gorge nothing. area, and go, it's like. <laughs> Counting road markers. <laughs> what is, what is there? Is there an end to it? It's not as bad as driving through Nebraska, but close. Nebraska is just flat. Flat, nothing. It's yeah. like when does this road end? I remember when she was a baby. Her, her dad and I went to Nebraska. And, oh good right? lord! Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing. <laughs> um, okay. Are you going, Marv? To not Nebraska? Good. No, not to Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds exciting. No, I'm not going. I will be there. I'm oh, I'm going to Bruce's. Oh, okay. I yeah. wasn't going oh, to Spokane. <laughs> <laughs> or Nebraska. So I, I, I was very flattered. I was asked to speak uh, at the memorial service. Unfortunately, I I, I can't go. Um, but, you know, I think Bruce understands. Yeah. You know, and uh, so uh, we wish everybody the best for that. I know it's going to be a very emotional time. But Tony will be there representing. And so and Marv will be there er, representing. Marv, yes. I said Bruce. Yes, indeed. Um, He'll be there, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and more ways than one. Yeah. So let's let's talk about sleep for a minute. Uh, I thought this was really interesting. Um, and Tony, you, you have you read your your recent? I haven't uh, gotten mine yet. You haven't read mm-hmm. this yet. Um, so struggling to get up the first time the alarm sounds. Uh, do you struggle to do that? Get up right after the alarm sounds? I don't even set an alarm. You don't even set an alarm. <laughs> no, I'm awake. Before you try anything else, uh, we recommend setting yourself an earlier bedtime, getting 30, <laughs> minute, 30 minutes <laughs> That makes sleep. sense. We laugh, yeah. <laughs> getting 30 minutes uh, of sleep every night will make, getting an extra 30, make it easier to get up in the morning. Sleep loss is cumulative, you know, it works together, <laughs> cumulative. Um, so if you get 30 more minutes of sleep every day for five days, that's 150 more minutes of sleep than you would have had otherwise. So you may get 10 more minutes of sleep by hitting the snooze button, you think. <laughs> Usually what I do. But you would have been better off Just consolidating kidding. that sleep by simply setting your alarm for 10 minutes later. So what they're saying, what they've said, I was reading more of this, when you, hit the, when you wake up and the alarm goes off and you hit the snooze button, mm-hmm. you never really go back into REM sleep. No. Um, and so you would have actually got more sleep if you just set your alarm for 10 minutes later and try to sit, set it hitting the snooze button and trying to go back to sleep. So forget the snooze button. If you have to get up at 7 and you hit it for 10 minutes, set your alarm for 7.10. Can I add something? Yeah. On Facebook, social media, whatever you want to call it, uh, there's an, uh, a post right now that says, if you want to change the world, start by making your bed. Please, if you see that, punch on it and watch it. It's really? A, it's, a mili- <laughs> it's a military uh, officer of some type talking about change. And if you really want to be successful in the world, start the day by making your bed. And it's very compelling. You know, I it, love it. I never make my bed hard. <laughs> James Mike, does. Mike what? D. talks about that. But about when, in his early recovery, his sponsor told him, the first thing I want you to learn how to do is make your bed. Because he, he wouldn't make his bed. He said, even if your day just doesn't amount to much, you come home to a freshly made bed. What better way to end the day? So it was just, yeah. it's a good listen. It's worth hearing. Huh. And make your bed. Make your bed. Yeah. <laughs> get, up yeah. Early, get up early when that first alarm goes off. Make your bed. There you go. Your day. There you Boom. go. That's, that's very good advice. I think. Because that is too nice to make Stop right there. It's time for Monty Man's Weekly Wine. That's right. (laughs) All right. I I have to tell you, I am really, really, 
really disgusted oh, with no. the motion picture industry. Oh no. Not 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 the people that make the movies, the people that show the movies. So Marsha and I went I knew it. We went we went to go see the emoji movie. Cute movie. Mm. Absolutely ridiculous, stupid, <laughs> waste of time, waste of money, but cute. Could have I, I should have waited until it came out on video. Mm-hmm. But you know, it was my twenty year. You know, I hadn't had a drink in twenty years. How are you going to award yourself? Well, we're going to go eat food that's not good for us to go see a movie. So I, that's <laughs> what we did. So um, in celebration of, of of that milestone, we went and I, I said, "Let's see something lighthearted. I don't want to go see a heavy movie right now." So we thought, "Well, we'll go see the Emoji Movie." The Emoji Movie was very emotional. Was it's it an emotional really? movie. It's Emoji. Oh, gotcha. I'm just making a joke. It wasn't emotional at all. I sat there and went, seriously? (laughs) But it was cute. It it was very cute. Um, It would have been fine. But we went to this theater, and I'm just going to name the theater because I'm never going back. The the theater at the Lancaster Mall in in, uh, um, Salem, Oregon. Oh, yeah. So we walk in, and I, you know, I, I park in the handicap spot, which was right across from the ticket booth. I'm thinking, this is a good day, <laughs> right? Let's go to the ticket booth, walk in, and they go, you're in theater four. I'm like, whoa, this is really a great day. <laughs> you know, we're only four theaters away from the ticket booth. Theater four. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just put it this way. Theater 22. <laughs> is the first theater. Oh my god. <laughs> it goes backwards. This is a huge building. And not only does it go backwards, it's uphill. Oh my god. It actually goes uphill. No escalators. I am like, are you sick? and 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 then it turns and then it goes straight and then it turns again and I'm like, where is this? Oh my god. <laughs> It's an adventure. It never fails. Every time I go to see a movie, even if it's here at Albany Cinemas, the movie I want to see is on the other end. Research. I'm telling you, there is an evil gnome out there that goes ahead of me and tells them to change theaters. It's ridiculous. Okay, now, I will will tell you this. From the ticket booth to Theater 4... Which was, I am telling you, was a very long way away. I saw the picture. Right? You saw the picture? Yeah. It's actually it was, twice that length. Oh, was it twice oh, that yeah, length? Yeah, that was halfway. Oh. <laughs> put it on, oh on Instagram. I put the picture on Instagram. Um, by the way, if you want to go to my Instagram, it's Monty Manic. Manic? Manic. You're looking at me M-A-N-I-C. like I'm going there. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, so anyway, I will tell you, there was one bench... <laughs> One bench between the ticket booth and theater four. Oh my god! One bench. Was it even halfway? No, it was almost when you start. Oh my god! <laughs> now they did have railings on the side, <laughs> so that tells me they recognize that handicapped people do come to the theater. But why? Why build a theater? That is that long. I don't get it. So that that's part. Now here's the other part of, of the theater weekly wine. A small soda. Oh boy. Oh, yes. Six dollars. Uh-huh. For a small soda. And you would think for six dollars you could get a refill. No, no, no. <laughs> so not only do you not get the refill, if you want a refill, you gotta hike all <laughs> the way back. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't so somebody on facebook said well why don't you somebody will let you in the exit door oh at the end but you got to go to the front to tell them to do that so why would i want to go to the front to tell them to do that walk all the way back to the exit <laughs> makes absolutely no sense or just drop off marsh and have her meet you in the back <clears throat> I guess you still got it, and then the restroom. You think the restroom can be? It's it's like halfway down oh my the little backpacking trek that you got to go. <laughs> um. So anyway, that there's uh, part of my weekly wine. The other part of my weekly weekly wine um, is punctuality. I was looking through the character qualities book, and I came across punctuality. Oh yeah, and I started getting getting whiny. Whiny. Yeah. 
Um, Why? Well, here's the here's the definition. Because it's very disturbing. <laughs> it is very disturbing. <laughs> Learning to arrange my schedule around the appointments that are made, showing esteem for other people and their time by not keeping them waiting. Chemtrails. I'm telling you, what is wrong with people? So people say, okay, people will say, I'll meet you at two o'clock for coffee. Two o five, two fifteen. 2.30, mm. 2.45, still no show. No call. No call. You know, these are people that are <clears throat> on their smartphones 24-7, and they can't <laughs> even text you. I'm going to be late. You know, and then you call them on it. How come you didn't call me? Oh, I changed my mind. <laughs> what? You changed your mind. You put, so you can't even text? And my wife says, oh, you just have too many expectations. <laughs> If you say you're going to be there, be there. Mm-hmm. You know, or, I mean, people don't care, Tony. No, they don't. They don't. There, there, There is, and it's not, and please don't blame the millennials. It's, no, it's everybody. <laughs> people older than me, That's people right, younger I than me. Millennials last time. Right, Kylie? Yeah. Aren't people rude these days? Say yes. Yes. Yeah, she says she agrees. <laughs> say yes. What she is, even says her mom's rude sometimes. What is the deal with being punctual? You know, okay, if you say, okay, now if you say, I'll be there between 12 and 12.15, cool. I, I get it. But don't show up at 1.30 because I won't be there no more. I don't, I don't understand. So doesn't that drive you nuts? Oh, yeah. People that, are, that just, you know, beep. But that's, I, I, that's where your compassion goes out. The uh-huh. It goes yeah. right out the window. <laughs> and your dependability and everything that we've talked about just absolutely gone shot out okay. the window. But here, here's the thing that here's the, the flip side of the coin. My parents used to do this, and this drove me even more nuts. So I'd say, well, we'd like to take you guys out to dinner. Oh, wonderful! So why don't you come by the house at five o'clock? Mm-hmm. So we're there at ten to five. Guess where they are? At the place? No. In bed. No. Oh, they're punctual, all right. They've been sitting in the driveway in the car since four. And they're like, they're like, you guys are late. What do you mean we're late? We're 10 minutes early. No, we've been waiting since four o'clock. Oh I mean, my, my parents would literally, that was kind of exaggeration, but they would 20 minutes, 30 minutes in the car. Well, let's just go wait in the car for them. They'd wait in the car. Oh, my God. And dad would listen to one of his favorite talking heads while the radio's going. Mom would snore. <laughs> you know, and then we'd show up on time or even a few minutes early, and we were the ones that were late. <laughs> I don't. So punctuality works both ways. So there you go. There's the end of my weekly wine. How's that? <laughs> that was a nice short one. <laughs> All right, we're gonna be uh, back with more fun. <laughs> um, oh wait a minute! Before we do that, though, um, I, I do want to give a big, huge uh, shout out. Um, Why'd you point at me? What did I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, to to our donors, the people that that uh, that, oh, that yes. donate and help sponsor the show, uh, you guys are um, are so important, and um, it, it's just it's really really important right now. This is the time of year when all of our big bills come due, and and uh, some of you are stepping up to the plate, and uh, we're still in need uh, of help. But uh, just thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Patrick LeBeau. LeBeau? I think Patrick. so. Patrick, yes. He's nice. Yes, he's a wonderful man. And uh, a special shout out to uh, to you, Patrick. Um, bless you, brother. It uh, it means more than you know. Okay, we'll be back right after this. Turn around, hit the ground, time to lay a burden down. Hey, look, running Whoosh. around in the meetings. Gobbling up gallons of bad coffee, flapping his gums wherever he can bring a smile to a hurting face. It's Slogan Man! We know cute little platitudes and sayings on the wall in a 12-step meeting won't keep you sober, but they sure will make you think, consider, and even laugh your way through an otherwise crappy day. Can't wait to get to your home group to hear those slogans over and over and over and over again? No need to! Pick up a copy of the 12 Step Gazette and join the adventures of Slogan Man. Visit www.12stepgazette.com and subscribe today. Slogans and platitudes are no substitute for working the steps, but Slogan <laughs> Man is very cool. 
Recovery Radio <clears throat> Trivia. Wait for it. Wait for it. Right, here we go. Here we go. And certainly I Yippee. shall. Yippee. Yes, thank you, Cecil. zippity doo da Okay, this week's uh, trivia is coffee. Ooh. Coffee trivia. So if you get it right, and if you get it wrong, there you go. All right. You like that, Kylie? I don't even like well, That's horrible. Depending <laughs> on what kind of coffee you drink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's why I can't drink that. That AA coffee. <laughs> Hey, I buy good coffee for my meetings. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> I'm not <a> cheap. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, quiz number one. A trivia question number one. Where was coffee first discovered? Here's your choices. Oh. Ethiopia, Brazil, or Colombia? Mar, what do you think? Uh, Colombia. Colombia? What do you think, dear Tony? I go with Colombia's. I'm going to go with Brazil just because I want to be different. Kylie, what do, you, what do you think coffee was discovered? Ethiopia, Brazil, or Colombia? What do you think? Loud. Ethiopia. Okay, Kylie says Ethiopia. She is correct. What? It is Ethiopia. Yeah. So you have a smart Boy, Is that a lucky guess? Or, yeah, yeah, see? Yeah, okay, good. Uh, oh, by the way, if you win this, you win this. Revel in your victory. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, number two, where is the corporate headquarters of Starbucks? Oh. Is it New York, Boston, or Seattle? Tony? Yeah. Let them Okay, okay, first. Marv, go ahead. Seattle. Seattle? Seattle. Uh-huh. Is it Seattle? <laughs> is it Seattle? All right, you Seattle. guys are all correct, yeah. And it's Seattle. I'm from Tacoma, I know that. Uh, number three, which country drinks the most coffee per capita? Is it USA, Finland, or Italy? Who drinks more coffee? Italy. USA. Italy. What do you think, Kylie? USA, Finland, or Italy? I say USA. USA? Okay. I think? go with that. USA? USA. What do you think? Uh, Italy. Italy? Well, you're all wrong. It's actually Finland. Oh, wow. Why do they need to be awake <laughs> in Finland all the time? I don't know. They drink more coffee. Uh, <coughs> number four. The most expensive coffee in the world is called Kopi Lawak. Kopi Lawak. <laughs> What kind of coffee is this? And here are your choices. Mm. Coffee from a tree on the top of a 16,400-foot mountain? Mm -mm. Coffee from... (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? (laughs) Go ahead, Monty. (laughs) From cat poop. (laughs) Indulge us. Is it coffee from cat poop? Or is it coffee brewed from a -a one-of-a-kind machine? (laughs) Top of a mountain, cat poop, or a -a one-of-a-kind machine. What do you think, Marv? Oh, geez. (laughs) Top of the mountain. Top of the mountain. Kyle, do you think it's cat poop of machine or top of the mountain? It's cat poop. It's cat poop? Okay, what do you think there? (laughs) From an extremely fine machine. No, I'm going with top of the mountain. I really can't do cat poop. Okay, what do you think, Tony? See, and this is where we think like I was going to say cat poop, too. Well, you guys would be correct. It is cat poop. (laughs) Yeah, it comes from cat or weasel poop. I have a lot of that at home, then. (laughs) I need to sell that. (laughs) Coffee. You know know they make earrings. Not Roca. They make jewelry and earrings in some of these tourist traps when you drive across country made out of, you know, Poop from animals. You mean I've been sitting on a gold mine all this time? Probably. The yeah, first time I, I saw like... it was at Trees of Mystery in Northern California. <gasps> I love that place. At the Redwood Forest. They had um, uh, squirrel poop earrings. Petrified, right? Huh? Petrified. <laughs> no, fresh. Well, no. They... Fresh. Yeah, we're really thinking. <laughs> well, they're, Mold as you go. They're, 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 they're condensed Mold and they're shellacked, you, you know, and they're actually kind of pretty. <clears throat> the little, little gold thing. <laughs> What's on all your right. ear? It's squirrel poop. And I'm drinking cat poop. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm you guys are weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, drink, which drink has the most caffeine? Uh, drip coffee, Red Bull, or are they the same? Mm. What do you think? What do you think? You think Red Bull or drip coffee has more caffeine, or are they the same? Kylie, what's your guess? Say it loud. I'm going to say chemical. Right. Sugar in it. That helps 
Yeah. Okay. What do you think uh, there, Denver? Is, is it De- Red Bull Depending or on how much of the drip coffee you put in there. <laughs> but I would say that they're probably the... equivalent to each other because Red Bull will want to match a cup of coffee. Okay. What do you think, Tony? I'm going with my cub on this one. <laughs> that Coffee? Yeah. Yeah. Think Marv, coffee yeah. or coffee? Well, drip coffee actually has three times more caffeine than your average can of twelve ounce can of Red Bull. Woo-hoo. Oh, yep, 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 yep. And by the way, just so you know, uh, drip a cup of drip coffee has much more caffeine in it than espresso. Really? Yeah, because it takes longer <clears throat> to brew it, and so you get more caffeine. Espresso is a is a speed process. Uh... It just tastes stronger, but it isn't any stronger. It's less stronger. <laughs> But, you know, if you're drinking 12 shots, then <laughs> you're probably getting more. You're, you're okay. Uh, what is cappuccino made of? <gasps> Here's your choices. There are two choices. Espresso, chocolate syrup, and milk, or espresso, milk, and milk foam. Espresso, milk, and milk foam. Kylie, what do you think? <laughs> I'm going with that one. going with that one, Denver? That's That's, that is correct. That's correct? Say yes, uh, Marv. Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. You're all yeah. correct. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how you sound when you drink it. <clears throat> And, yeah, right? <laughs> and here's your last one. Uh, which composer wrote an opera about a girl who was addicted to coffee? Oh, Lord. Was it Beethoven, Mozart, or Johann Sebastian Bach? Uh, <laughs> Bach? Okay. Oh, I thought you said butt. No, Beethoven, oh. <laughs> Sebastian Butt. <laughs> I'll go with butt. You go with Bach? Okay. Yeah, it's Bach. Is it Bach? Yeah? You guys are correct. It is Bach. Which closes out this trivia with <laughs> all right thank, with, with the song. That's thank it. goodness. <laughs> oh, the song. Oh, yeah. God. It's called Coffee Cantata. <laughs> Coffee is wonderful. Coffee's delightful. Is there no words? Yeah, there actually is. I'm saying them now. Oh. <laughs> Coffee is like a smooth kiss. <laughs> Coffee kiss me. Coffee kiss me. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was reading the words. Yeah, it's, is it really? There's a soprano. There's several versions of it, and I didn't have the heart, or I don't feel cruel enough to make you sit through the soprano singing. <laughs> Coffee has a kiss, and I mean, she's really, really smooth kiss. I'm gonna look it up when I get home. Now. Yeah, it's true. Coffee cantina, Canta- cantata. Oh, wow! My goodness! <laughs> wow! Right? Right? Learn something new every day. Cat poop and coffee. Cat poop and coffee. <laughs> All right. Uh, the topic for this week is compassion. Compassion. Um, inspired by the character quality from the Adult and Teen Challenge workbook, Character Qualities. Uh, the opposite uh, of compassion is indifference. Mm. Indifference. Compassion, definition. Re- <clears throat> um, uh, doing all things possible to help relieve uh, the pain of others, learning to use words and actions which will bring comfort and healing to those who are hurting. Um, I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, learning, and, and I like the fact that it says learning to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which means that we haven't arrived. We're still working on that. <laughs> you know, because there are people that probably should use more compassion than we're giving them. Mm-hmm. Because people are irritating. <laughs> right? I had a friend that used to say, the masses are asses. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to think, you know, that's pretty cynical. But I think he's right. <laughs> and, and the trick is, you know, do we show compassion to people that are knuckleheads? Hmm. Um, so here's one of the questions. And these may seem silly, but think about this for a minute. Do you stare at... Or avoid people with physical or mental handicaps. No. Be honest now. Do you, have you ever avoid eye contact with somebody with a physical or mental handicap? I have. Well, yeah. Not so, because I was had lack of a compassion. I, I wasn't sure what to do with it. Yeah. Just what, smile at him. That's what I do. Yeah. I mean, I... It hasn't been an issue for a lot of years, but there was a time when it was hard. It, I, mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do. I was like, I don't have a sufficient, I don't have whatever I need to say, or and do I need to say anything? Mm-hmm. But it was just like, I, I felt uh, unequipped yeah. to maybe respond. Why did I think even he had to respond? I don't know. But I, I had a problem with that for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I spent, you know, about six months in a wheelchair with a pick line in my arm, 
and it kind of changed my view. What's a pick line? A pick line, it's a direct line that goes into your artery, and then it went over my heart and, and fed me antibiotics when I had MRSA. Oh, and okay. I couldn't walk, and I, and, you know, and I, and I, I discovered some things about being confined to a wheelchair or not being able to walk without crutches, things like that. Oh. Is that a lot of people do not show compassion to people that are handicapped? Mm-hmm. They just don't. They don't care. Or their selfishness gets in the way. I even had a guy. I have a handicap thing for my mirror mm-hmm. because I can't walk very far, mm-hmm. but I, I don't necessarily look handicapped. And I had a guy. Well, more than one person since I've had that yell at me. You're not handicapped. Move your vehicle. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. So, so sometimes if you don't look the part, they don't believe you mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, That's rude. Have you ever made a joke at the expense of a person's physical, mental, or family background, which they didn't have any control over? I probably have. I'm not going to lie. I probably Did have. you guys know bullies in high school and junior high and middle school? I did. Mm-hmm. You know, kids are cruel. Yeah. Right? They can be extremely kind, gentle, and compassionate. But some of them can be really cruel, mm-hmm. too. Right, Kylie? Some can be cruel. Um, what was that? He got upset. <laughs> <laughs> the silent cowboy has spoken. <laughs> no, I got bullied a lot as a kid, so I understand that one. What about treating... Older people. How do we treat older people? Are we compassionate towards older people that maybe move a little slower in the salad bar line? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Read the, the the complete part of that that you started there. Compassion for the older p- folks. So do you treat before. an older or disabled person as if they were your father or mother? Yeah, I didn't know how to take that at first when I read that because father and mother, sometimes you treat disrespectful. Ah, so I didn't. When I read that this morning, I'm, I was confused for a moment as to what they. I were think they mean for. the ideal Respect. way you treat. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, as far as elders go, yeah, I believe uh, gray hair deserves a little bit of uh, respect. Right. You know, I mean, darn everybody, right. Everybody deserves the darn respect, right, buddy. But yeah, <laughs> definitely treating the folks with respect, especially people with gray. Gray mustaches and yes. tees and things like that, right, Marv? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> I love old people, though. Well, I've known cute. some ladies that had facial hair. Let's put it that way. Oh, you know the bearded yeah, lady. I know, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so compassion, compassion for people that we're uncomfortable around. I, I think more people are probably less compassionate because they're uncomfortable than they are mean. What, the old people? No, no, no. Just people yeah, that we're uncomfortable with. I think most... I, you know, I I was listening to Bill Bill O'Reilly. He was on Glenn Beck's show the other day. And for those of you who don't know, these, these are other talk show hosts. And Glenn Beck was interviewing Bill O'Reilly, and he says, what percentage of people do you think deliberately harm others? I mean, mm-hmm. deliberately. And he said, well, I think about 20% of the population is is evil. Mm-hmm. And he said, really, that many? And then he started he started giving some statistics, statistics of some of the things that we engage in that are evil in society today. Mm-hmm. Um, everything from uh, from pornography to, to, to theft to, I mean, things that are deliberately done. And mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> one, of th- one of the things that, that he brought up was um, the lack of compassion for the those who don't have compassion Mm -hmm. and i was thinking you know i have been guilty of being unforgiving of those who are unforgiving Mm -hmm. thinking to myself well that jerk look how non-compassionate they are for this guy over here in the news or whatever and then i became that person Mm -hmm. i had no compassion for the person who had no compassion so then i became that same person right that makes sense you know, yeah. so so, it, but but, um, his point was most people, twenty percent is a large amount, but that's still not most people. Most people will do uncompassionate things, or inappropriate things, unintentionally. I mean, it, it's because we're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't know how to deal with people that are hurting, mm-hmm. and so sometimes we just won't, or we'll ignore them, um, or. Maybe we'll do something worse. Maybe we'll say something because we're scared. 
mm-hmm. out of fear. When my uh, father passed away, my mom, it was interesting because the pastor of her church and the people that were very supportive of my father, they stopped communicating with my mom altogether. And it really hurt her. And so she never went back to church. Um, so I think what was going on wasn't that they were trying to shun my mom. Mm-hmm. They didn't know how to deal with it. So instead of trying to, they just swept it under the carpet. And unfortunately, she got really hurt by that. Well, yeah. So it wasn't an intentional thing, but it was still very hurtful, mm-hmm. you know. So I was thinking about this as it relates to people in recovery. Um, what about people who are the chronic relapsers? I think a lot of times we will teach something other than what the 12-step program is teaching. Mm-hmm. And then we get mad at somebody for relapsing. And yet we haven't been teaching the relapse prevention tools. Yeah. You know, just get plugged into service work. Just go to meetings and you'll be fine. And then they relapse. They never worked the step. They've <clears> never <throat> been taken through any kind of recovery process. And then we blame them for And that. then we blame them. Mm-hmm. And and we we don't have a lot of compassion. Yeah. Now the big book of AA talks about people that are unwilling to do the work and how we need to let them go and move on, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not uncompassionate. Sometimes that could be the most compassionate thing you can do is to get real with somebody. You know, say, well, you know, I understand you don't want to do this, and when you're ready, I'm I'm available. Yep. Um, but I, I think sometimes we can be very we, – we can have a lack of compassion for people that seem to be struggling maybe in our point of view more than they ought to be. So what, do you, what are you guys' thoughts about that? Denver, why don't you go first? Uh, what you just spoke of, compassion relates to uh, patience. Mm. Often we run out of patience. Yeah, because we we start out with this compassion, and we want you to get better. We want someone to get better. We want you to get this because we've got it finally. Right. But somebody along the lines probably showed us more compassion than uh, maybe they stepped up at the plate and showed compassion. So uh, to make this work, you've really got to have some patience and understanding. And I think in the uh, addicted world that we deal with. Uh, You've got to really have some compassion. We have seven core values at Teen Challenge, and uh, one of them is compassion. Right. You've got mm. to be able to uh, understand and and give somebody time. You've got to you've got to love on them. You, yeah. You, you just can't go. Well, I've tried, and you know what you're supposed to do, and we do do that. You know what to do, but yet uh, where we come from, you've got to always remember they they may take longer. And need more loving to get there than, sure. than what you're willing to give at the moment. Right. So hanging on, uh, practicing compassion is a full-time uh, opportunity in life. Oh, I like that. It's a full-time opportunity. Yeah. So. What do you think, Tony? Have you noticed a lack of compassion amongst your recovery brothers and sisters sometimes? Well, or, yeah. I mean, it happens kind of every day. Sure. Um, you could see new people come in the room. Like, I've worked with people and... The first one who relapsed, I got mad at myself. And then uh, my sponsor's like, well, it wasn't you. It was them. And then I got mad yeah. at them. She's like, no, 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 no. You can't get mad at them. You're sending a message. You're sharing your your experience, strength, and hope. But you got to have a little love and compassion for them because they're not where you're at. You know, they're sure. still sick. Sure. I mean, I'm still sick, too. Anyway, <clears throat> but, you know, that I have it in remission. They are just learning so yeah I, I learned a big lesson from that about love and compassion and patience and everything like that. right so right marv yes sir i'm trying that, in there that's, that's me <laughs> <laughs> compassionate well i i like uh what you said a few minutes ago uh, about the this is a learning process yeah we have to be taught and what struck me uh, as a matter of fact just a minute ago in the group that I go to right now, there are a half a dozen cases in there of people who have uh, cancer. Oh, wow. And, yeah. then, and then, of course, uh, there's been, in the last three months, 
two members that have passed away. Yes. And um, so while you guys have been talking, it dawned on me, um, people that come into those meetings have no choice. They're faced with that stuff. It's mm. right there in front of them, mm. right across the table sometimes. And uh, <clears throat> they don't know how to deal with it. Uh, they're scared. It yeah. scares them. Yeah. <clears throat> and so uh, my thinking about that is uh, how that, uh, if they're serious about staying sober and clean, and they keep coming back, then that process in that and compassion in that area is going to keep growing because it's inevitable. It's right there in front of them. And that whole process of what people go through, uh, specifically with cancer and stuff like that, they come into the rooms and they talk about, mm -hmm. well, I've started chemotherapy or I'm doing this or I'm doing that. And uh, that kind of unfolds in front of these newer people who haven't ever been faced with that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it, it teaches them. And the other thing I was thinking about is like so many things in recovery, it, has not, <clears throat> it doesn't have a lot to do with feelings. Yeah. It has to do with the, uh, the idea for me, okay, I'll just speak for me, that uh, it, it's, it's uh, in the bigger book and in the big book, it, it, it talks about, uh, you know, like uh, Denver said, you know, loving on people, love them, mm -hmm. love them, mm -hmm. love them. And uh, you don't do that with feelings. That's an action. Right. And having compassion, I know uh, what I've dealt with in the last couple of months, a couple of times, <clears throat> specifically the other day a guy came up to me who's uh, having a I wouldn't wish it on anybody this horrible time I don't want to get into specifics sure and and I didn't know what to say to him mm -hmm. and he's he's right here like this in front of me and and he's telling me all this stuff and I'm and and I'm I'm actually kind of getting scared because we're reaching into this intimate, personal stuff that that I have a hard time with anyway. Right. And and I and I'm, I'm what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I'm silent. I, I'm just kind of yeah, yeah, you know. And but I can't I can't come up with a, what I feel is adequate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he quits talking. I still haven't said anything. I haven't left. I mean, I'm still sitting there. Mm -hmm. And the best I could do is just reach out, take my hand, and put it on his shoulder and say, you know what, I'm praying for you. Mm -hmm. That's the best I could do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's really good. That could be very powerful. People right. need to know that somebody else cares enough. I don't know. Yeah. Any of that yeah. made any sense. But I mean, yeah, it made yeah, perfect it made sense. sense. You bet. You bet. Because I, I and I think I think that's that, that shows wisdom too, because sometimes we can think that we gotta come up with just yeah. the right formula. Yeah, right. Yeah. Try to fix it. And anxiety comes up and yeah. oh, I gotta do something I gotta do something to fix it. You know, and you can't. Right. Right. <clears throat> and, and sometimes you know, really one of the things I've noticed with working with addicts and alcoholics is that most of the time we're dealing with people that just want to know that you're willing to listen. Yep. Mm -hmm. Are you willing to sit down, no matter what they're saying, and just hear them out? Mm -hmm. Without saying, well, you need to share the message, not the mess. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, please. Yeah, that gets to me. <laughs> Get over it. Well, you know what you're doing right now? You're, you're, you're not sharing the message. Like cussing somebody out. And to me, there's different kinds of cussing, right? There's different kinds of profanity. There's different yeah. kinds of profane speech. It doesn't have to be the F word. Yeah. Well, how come how come you're being such a, an idiot or you know, share the message, not the mess. What's wrong with you? We don't put up with that in here. That's yeah. profane. That's harsh. You know, and, and sometimes I think most of the time, people just want to know that people have enough compassion to just listen. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the biggest therapeutic uh, values of a support system. 
right? That's one reason why we don't crosstalk. They don't want you to comment. They just want somebody to know that they care they enough that you're going to yeah. sit still and listen and value what I have to say. You don't have yep. to agree with me. Just be compassionate enough to, to hear me out. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many times people have said, wow, now I feel so much better. Just because you listened. Just because you listened. Yep. Just because you, you gave somebody that, that respect to do that. Now, I understand carrying the message, not the mess. I, I get it, you know. But if we have nowhere, and we talk about, well, don't come here to dump. Well, if we have nowhere to dump, where are you going <laughs> to dump? You're going you to dump somewhere, yep. you know, and you don't want to crash dump on your dealer <laughs> well maybe you do want to dump on your dealer <laughs> but you don't want to go whine into your dealer because they'll just sell you drugs to help you medicate you know yeah so i mean if i can't come to my support system and go well that's for your sponsor well today guess what you're all my sponsor yeah you're my sponsor today there you go just that's what we should say it. somebody oh man i wish somebody would say that one of these times well today you're all my sponsor so there i'm going to do it <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how vital is showing compassion to our own personal recovery I think it's pretty important well yeah you gotta start loving yourself because I hated myself when I first came in did you and slowly I'm learning compassion there's a lot of things I still hate that I did but I mean all I can do is make a living amends every day but right loving myself is getting easier to be compassionate towards you and, mm -hmm. your, and your own mistakes. and It's like a personal battle. You never, I don't think I'll ever win, but day by day it gets, you know, I love myself a little more. Denver, are you, are you compassionate with your own, own shortfalls? And can kind of say, you know what, I, 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 need, I can move on from I'm you. learning to live in my skin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's difficult often, you know, because uh, there are a lot of shortfallings daily mm -hmm. you know you, you think oh man i knew better or i shouldn't have said i shouldn't have said that or i should have said something mm -hmm. you know often i've been in that situation where oh i should have said something you're yeah. looking for something to say and it, it's not there you feel it but you can't put it in words because you don't want to give the hokey whatever answer right you know so uh yeah but me living with myself now is uh much easier you know yeah i've got a savior and i know i'm forgiven so uh, that part's taken care of. Now it's just the uh, personal growth and realize mm -hmm. that I'm going to stumble and I'm going to make a, a, a mistake or, or 15, you know. But, yeah, living in my skin has got a lot easier in the last year or so, <clears throat> for sure. You know, I, 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 read a, I read a message. Somebody sent me an instant message uh, this, early this morning about not hanging out with toxic people. And we've talked about that before. Um, that there are people that are very toxic that may not be healthy for you depending on where you are in your recovery. And then there's going to be people in your life that God puts in your life that are toxic people that he wants you to show compassion to and, and that kind of thing. But um, so, so one of the statements, what this person said was, uh, at all costs, avoid toxic people. And I thought... That doesn't work in my field because I'm surrounded around 25 toxic people and yeah. we're working with them all day long. Yeah. You know, um, and, and, and I, I get that you need to get away. I, need, I get that you need to have space in your bubble and all that kind of thing. But can we really completely avoid difficult people? I don't, I don't think that's possible. So I think what we need to do is learn how to maneuver that. Yeah. And part of that is learning the art of compassion. Um, but it can be rough when, you know, right now where I work and where Denver works, we're going through this season where there's a lot of turmoil going on. Um, and we, we recognize it as a spiritual battle. Mm -hmm. We tend to be mad or angry or frustrated at the wrong entity. Mm -hmm. Frustrated is a great word. Great word. Yeah. Um, instead of being ticked off at the old devil, we're, we're mad at each other. Yep. You know, and we got to stop and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who's the author of confusion? It's not you. Mm. It's not me. You know, there's another force here at work. And we and we have authority over that. Yeah. As believers in the God who is God, we can stand and say, you know what? No. God, give me the strength to have patience, understanding, 
compassion because I don't have it on my own. I just don't have it. There's a, there's a song years ago that says, it was, if it wasn't for grace, I'd be in your face. Mm. So if it wasn't for God's power and grace, I would not be compassionate. Um, so, you know, I, again, it's one of these things where we need to be not leaning on our own understanding, mm-hmm. but in all our ways acknowledging the one who can do for us what we cannot do for ourselves, mm-hmm. and that's God, uh, for for these compassionate things. Now, the, the scripture verse that goes with compassion comes from 1 John 3.17. But if someone who is supposed to be a Christian has money enough to live well and sees a brother in need and won't help them, how can God's love be in him? Mm-hmm. So what that tells me, that for boils down to me, if I see a need and I'm able to fill it, I need to fill it. Mm-hmm. And that may, may, need may not be financial. It may be just a need to comfort. Yeah. I need to make myself available. Uh, sometimes, you know, I can see where a person could say, because I've said it, you know, I'll tell you what I don't need. I don't need you getting in my face. <laughs> I'm already in enough pain. So sometimes we just need people to back off. Just back off mm-hmm. and be a listening ear. Yeah. Uh, so compassion is, is an interesting thing because compassion can work in another way too. And I think sometimes we think that compassion always means we pat somebody on the behind and say, oh, it's okay, when it's not okay. Mm-mm. Relapse is not okay. Relapse is not a part of recovery until it happens. Mm-hmm. Then it can be. Um, but sometimes I think we're like, oh, it's all right. Don't worry about it. kind of thing. And that's not compassionate. That's like babying them. Almost an, um, what's the word? Enabling. Enabling. Yeah, Enabling. Enabling. Yeah. And so one of the most non-compassionate things we can do is not set boundaries. Mm-hmm. That's what my parents had to do. They're like. We can't help you. You need to figure it right. out. And, that's and years re- later... We're- that's really hard. It is. It was. It sucked. Yeah. We can say never. Oh, I was just thinking uh, compassion with love. Mm-hmm. It's it's Sometimes love doesn't come in the form of, oh, good job, or it's okay. Right. Sometimes it's like, dude, you're not dudette, whoever. You're, uh, <laughs> you're, not, you're not getting Dude. It. You're not getting this, all right? Yeah. So it's all in how you uh, approach it. Right. Granted, but uh, sometimes firm needs to be approached mm-hmm. in a compassionate manner. Right. I think when firm turns to harsh, that's when yeah. we're wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, harsh. You know, but sometimes compassion is firm. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes do, it has to be firm. Do I love you enough to tell you the truth? Mm-hmm. And, and down the line, uh, I'm I'm sure those that are wanting and receive recovery, you know, will realize that that firmness was compassion. Oh yeah! In a moment, I've I've told my parents I'm not mad at them that they did that. Yeah, during the heat of the moment, you might think I hate mm-hmm. you telling me that, but then uh, when it's all said and done, and you've walked through that uh, season, sure, you know, you know, you can say, "Wow, thank you. That mm-hmm. was you took time to uh, remind me that I was straying from the path." And, and so, a lot of people misunderstand that and think that compassion is this warm, fuzzy feeling all the time kind of thing. And uh, it, it's interesting because I, I always I always chuckle whenever anybody makes a statement. Well, judge not, at least you be judged. <laughs> it usually comes from people that are quoting a scripture verse, and it's the only scripture verse they live by. <laughs> they won't live by any other ones, but mm. boy, they'll shove that one in your face, <laughs> you know. Um, and and and, and, and compassion is that? I don't know. It was so funny because uh, uh, two weeks ago I, I put um, when it comes to some folks. Um, the ego has landed. Yeah. I put that, I'm just tongue in cheek. I was making a, a funny. Mm-hmm. And somebody wrote, hmm, judge not, least you be judged. <laughs> and I'm like, seriously? <laughs> so I wrote back, I said, this is not a judgment, it's an observation. And I they saw went, that. And they went, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, people take things way too seriously right? sometimes. I know. Yeah, so. I can do have yourself an energy drink and take a nap. No. <laughs> they need to crash first. Any closing thoughts on this topic, you guys? Marv? No. No? Tony? Mm, it's a daily lesson. It is a daily lesson. <clears throat> Denver? Uh, amen. <clears throat> Kylie, do you think we're crazy now? No? Uh, <laughs> I'm really glad you were here. Thank you.
It went by pretty quick, right? Yeah, yeah. So maybe next time we'll give her a microphone. Ooh. Ooh. Kylie on the mic. Kylie on the mic. <laughs> Kylie on the mic. Uh, and uh, our little uh, sleep information was brought to you by the Bathroom Minutes. Uh, oh, boy. Brought to you by no, the Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> if you ever read a whole one of those, it has some interesting Oh, yeah, got really interesting stuff. Yeah. Bathroom Minutes, yes. Although, it should say bathroom hour for me, because I'm in in there for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) So is James. Yeah. Guys in their reading material and... I think he plays a game on his phone, though. I'm like, hello, get out. Texting on the toilet. Texting on the toilet. That sounds like a uh, Weird Al Yankovic song or something. (laughs) I can't lie, Facebook. All right, uh, so uh, a reminder, a reminder that uh, Saturday the 9th, which is coming up here at Grace Bible Fellowship at 2 p.m., is Bruce H.'s memorial service. Uh, if you could be there, it would be much appreciated. All right, our closing song is by, um, make sure I'm in the right spot here, is not the Coffee Cantina or Cantata. <laughs> I was hoping it was. <laughs> yeah, is called Say Yes to Life by our friend Kelly Z. Check this out. Say yes to life. Hey, listen, until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with the Take 12 Recovery Radio family, and we're wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now.
burden down. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. She's a super cat, super cat. She's super kitty, meow. Yeah, kitty, 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 meow. <laughs> <laughs>